everybody. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 158. Aaron, uh, which you could not see uh, while the entrance was going on there is me just absolutely rocking out. I love that <laughs> intro. Um, it, it was Christian, right? You want to you plug him real quick, actually? Sure. This is a guy I went to high school with and he went to the Berkeley School of Music. He is a magician on not just the guitar, but every single instrument. So I had asked him geez before we started the show if he could make a theme song for us and he got back to me about a year later he plays every instrument so guitar drums bass dropped it all down and we went back and forth a couple times and uh we got what we got and it is awesome it's an original score so it is only used for us and we license it so we own it it's fantastic and the whole thing is maybe two minutes long i think the whole shebang but christian habedick is his name him and his wife uh play in a band and they live in pittsburgh pennsylvania so nice plug there for him very cool stuff yeah i'm sitting there just like just air drumming <laughs> it and stuff <laughs> anyway uh yeah uh aaron we had uh, a couple games this week uh sharks did i guess okay we can say because they <laughs> did kind of what we wanted them to do but then they also did some other cool stuff and uh yeah it was it was uh it was an interesting week of, of hockey uh to say the least before we jump into that again please guys if you are uh, tuning in make sure that if you're liking the video so far and you think you're gonna like it in the future here hit that like button <laughs> um if you're not subscribed do hit that uh, subscribe button and ring that bell so you get the notifications you guys know when we're going live and we can have these conversations more importantly than any of that though for me at least share guys retweet us uh, share us out to uh, anybody that you've got, friends and family, Facebook, that kind of stuff. Uh, get it out there. The more people we get in doing comments, the more fun this turns out to be. So uh, get as many folks in here as you possibly can. Just a reminder, you can use the Super Chat function if you'd like to support the show. Um, it, thank you, Super Producer Jason. There you go. And then uh, also uh, you could use uh, the Venmo. Um, it's at the Fin Factor. I just called it the Venmo. I feel like, uh, what's it, Betty White said, and the Facebook, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can you can tip us on Venmo. And anything that we get there in terms of the message, we can read out to you guys in the comment section and put it live in the show. Uh, so there you go. Um, Aaron, should we kick it off here with the whole um, review of the, the last week's games? Sure, let's do it. Let's do that. Okay, so there was a 4-2 to two loss against the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, this is kind of like what we were thinking was going to happen, almost what we're kind of hoping is going to happen at this point. We'd like them to, if you're going to lose and you're not going to be a playoff team, we don't want you guys to be uh, right on the cusp. We want you kind of down a little bit lower, get a nice, uh, a nice draft pick there. So um, something happened in this game uh, and it really is not even like the players uh, that we wanted to talk about here. Uh, The fourth goal got scored for Vegas and uh, the the goal horn went off. (laughs) What is going on there? Uh, yeah, right. It's the home team, home game for the Sharks, so the goal horn should not be going off when the other team scores a goal, let alone the fourth goal of the game to go up four to two with uh, like five minutes and change left in the game. Uh, it was kind of weird. It kind of threw me off for a second. Do you remember when uh, hockey first came after the lockout? It went to Versus, the channel, or that, or it was Outdoor Life Network. Changed their name to Versus. Yeah. They started covering all the national coverage for hockey. They were putting goal horns artificially on the TV feed for the away team, which is always weird. It always throws yeah. you off. But that just reminded me of it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Someone actually blew the the real horn at the arena went off. And it was just brief. It was just like a like like the guy woke up and was like, oh, hit the button. And like, oh, shoot, wrong team. And then 
So it was just like, and then off. So it wasn't like the full horn, the full effect, but I'm sure the Vegas Knights thought it was hilarious. Um, especially with all the, there's a decent amount of Knights fans in attendance because Tuesday night games are just poorly attended. They're just hard to get to. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. I it's think silly. I think this season there's definitely going to be more uh, away crowd uh, showing up in the tank. Unfortunately, uh, super producer Jason with the, uh, the emojis down there having a good time. Um, Aaron, we've got a clip here of coach Quinn. Um, it, not, not very happy with the performance of the team. Um, I don't know if you want to set this one up here, but basically, um, yeah, he's just, you know, there are certain things that were happening in the game. And he says, you know, we've practiced this, we've gone over this and then, it, it happened right in the game, and, and and he's not very happy about it. So why don't you go ahead and set this thing up? I think it had to do with the faceoffs. Sure. There was a couple goals and a couple chances that were almost goals where the Vegas Knights just uh, – or I should say the Sharks just blew the coverage on faceoff circle. And you can hear the frustration in Quinn's voice uh, in this quote uh, or in this clip here that he's just so angry at the team because – I feel like this is something that they've been focusing on and working on. And he even mentions that they kind of like dumbed it down to make it simpler so that nobody would blow coverage. And yet they still messed it up royally a handful of times this game. So here's Quinn uh, after the game when he was asked about the blown coverage on faceoffs. You mentioned the face-off coverage. Um, that was an issue with uh, in, in the yeah. New York trip too. Yeah. Is there anything inconsistent that's uh, It's just probably- mental. You gotta be friggin' ready when a puck's dropped on a faceoff. And we've gone over it, and we're gonna keep going over it until we get it right. It's just being mentally ready on a faceoff. And we've simplified it to the point where people have the same responsibilities, win or lose. Very simple. And we blew coverage. That is an intense coach right there. I would You're never want to be in trouble. Never want to be on that man's bad side. That is like, that's like principal's office right there. Like one-on-one meeting with Quinn when he's mad. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No thanks. Not Sounds like me when I'm upset with my kids. Look, I've told you, I don't know how many times. Okay, when it's time to brush your teeth, you brush your teeth, kid. Okay, we're not You're reading dad, books huh? right now. That yeah, I mean, honestly, um, that that sounded like a guy who pretty much had enough. And he's, what, 11, 12 games into the season now? Well, maybe in that clip it was 10. But, I mean, yeah, he, he did not sound happy whatsoever. Um, you know, it almost reminds me, I think it was, I think it was Pete DeBoer, actually. He was yelling at, um, oh, gosh, it's a, it's a no-name player. It was one of those guys that people were high on because he's a big body, but he just kept screwing everything up. And he was, like, screaming at the guy at practice. Like we've gone over this, uh, I'll put you on the bench instead. I, um, I, I cannot remember the guy's name, but he, he was basically uh, a one-year player. But I thought you um, broke. You put that news on Twitter somewhere that he was getting yelled because the guy was also like a scapegoat for a lot of fans for doing bad things. And I can't remember who that I can't is either. Remember his name, yeah, he's, he's a big kind of Russian-ish type guy, I think. But anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so so very unhappy with the uh, the blown the blown um, coverage on the faceoffs. I think when looking at that one again, it seemed like um, Ferraro was kind of chasing it down. Um, and I don't think it, he was the one that blew it. I think he was the one that was recovering and trying to fix it. And if I'm correct, I believe it was the bank that was on that wing. And um, I think he was the guy that maybe was uh, was doing it wrong. So um yeah, yeah, it's something that he says, you know what, we've, we've done it. We've simplified it. It's the same responsibilities. We're going to go over it again in practice. 
Um, I would not want to be at that practice. <laughs> that seems like one where uh, burpees involved, perhaps. <laughs> but, that, that's a bag skate practice right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway. Um, okay. So beyond that one, the, the second period, um, it, it looks a little bit better in this game, right? So um, we've got a note here. It says five consecutive goals to go from being outscored 16 to three to 16 to eight. Okay. So they've kind of been coming back a little bit here in the second period. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good thing, right? Things are turning around in that period. Um, the, the first period they've been doing all right. And it seems like the third period now is kind of where they're, they're having more issues. So why don't you kind of go through those goals by period here and, and we'll talk about that. Uh, sure. It's just, um, it's an interesting step because it kind of shows, the Sharks are scoring first in almost every game here. Uh, they're not really playing from behind. They're kind of playing with the lead, but they're not strong enough team to really play at the lead. So um, the, at, for a while, the second period was the worst period. And right now it's kind of switching to the third period, which is you know, it's probably the worst period you'd want to have as your worst period. So that was uh, those stats were from before or after the uh, Vegas game. Um as of now, goals for in the first period are nine and against are five. So they're still winning the first period. The second period is now 11 to 18. So even since then, they have not given up a goal in the second period. Third period, they only have two goals for in the third and 11 against. That's not good. I don't know if you know that, but that's not no, good. That's, yeah, that's bad. And I don't even think, I don't even know if any of those are empty netters, like maybe one. So it's not like it's a bunch of empty netters there. Um, so the sharks are kind of riding the ship in the second period, thankfully. And, uh, maybe they can write the ship in the third period without, you know, plugging a hole here. And the other leak comes back out when the second period just goes terribly wrong again. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like their, their Achilles heel right now is now the third period and not so much the second period. Yeah, as you said, not exactly the period you want to uh, to have the downturn in as the third there. But, uh, you know, again, for for what we think the Sharks will be and where we think the Sharks are going to end up, um, it, it, again, not such a bad thing necessarily, right? If if you're going to kind of collapse, maybe the third place uh, third period is the right place to collapse and we can rack up those losses and hopefully get a better position uh, for the draft. But obviously, again, it's one of those things where we want it to be entertaining uh, hockey still. So, uh, if you show up for the first period and then you have to leave, maybe that's the best way to go about doing it. I don't know, but I think you'd rather see them kind of be in the thick of it uh, throughout and not just kind of collapse. It'd be a little bit more fun to watch that way. So um, I see Kessel and Classy by Sharks. Why don't you explain what that means? Because that is something you just put in there. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I just remembered. Uh, this is the game that Phil Kessel broke the NHL record for the Ironman streak. Uh, he beat out... Um, blanking on his name now there's a defenseman that used to play for arizona yandel. Too. yandel yeah thank you keith yandel um so he beat his consecutive games played which is ridiculous 980 games straight without missing a game um so uh the sharks actually put it on the video board like a congratulations explained kind of to the crowd like it was danny miller it was i think it was during commercial break so during the commercial break the crowd um Danny Miller explained that uh, the the whole record and how he broke it and everything. And uh, Phil Kessel apparently didn't want anything done. And so the Sharks are like, no, 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 that's not how we do things here. We're, we're a class. Mm-hmm. Even if you play for Vegas and even if you've never played for the Sharks, we're going to do something and recognize greatness. So it's funny. Phil Kessel, the hot dog man that has broken, set the NHL record for consecutive games played is just amazing. 
uh, just goes to show how great hot dogs are for your body and how you should eat more of those kids. But uh, <laughs> all kidding aside, Phil Kessel did score a goal in this game, which is amazing. So he did what Kessel does and beats a guy out with speed, gets around the corner, protects the puck and puts it up high and got, I think it was the first goal of the game. And it was like only a minute or two after this, um, this celebration thing that the Sharks put on. So I blame the Sharks fully for getting him a goal. Gatorade and hot dogs, the uh, <laughs> dinner of champions, apparently. Aaron, um, he's back. He's back. Oh. Lundy with a dollar ninety nine in the super chat should have brought Braun back after trading Burns. Hey, Lundy, it's great to have you back, buddy. Thanks for helping uh, support the show. Um, and of course, the comment had to deal with Justin Braun. <laughs> you know what? I don't even necessarily disagree. I wouldn't mind having Brauner back. I would have liked it. I wouldn't have yeah. minded. I was hoping that they would kind of sign him because he was a free agent this uh, this last summer. But they went out and signed some younger guys. I mean, I don't blame them either. Yeah. Maybe if the Sharks were more of a contender and they wanted to use him in their bottom pairing, they might have done it. But um, I think they wanted to... I mean, they signed a bunch of guys to some contracts this summer. So Yeah, uh, uh, Harrington, I think, uh, Benning, Nutavara, those guys... Um, you know, a lot of people didn't really care for Benning. I cannot say a bad thing about uh Benning because he he gave both of my kids uh sticks. Did I tell this story already, Aaron? Yeah, he bought you off basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. I can't say anything bad about him now. It's it's I'm sorry, guys. He's he's a great defenseman. That's all there is to it. He gave my kids he gave my kids sticks. He's a great defenseman. So. I think people are upset because he signed for four years, which is kind of odd. That was out of the blue, I think. Yeah. That's a little strange, but... Um, I, I thought it would have been a one- or two-year deal, not four. That just seems very long for hey man, a guy that in four years, I would hope, would not make the team, if that makes sense. That, that, that's that's a fair assessment, but you know what? Um, apparently, he's the type of guy that he's playing the game the way that they want the, them playing the game. Uh, same thing with, like, Sturm, for instance, and so they, they lock him in for that amount of time, thinking, okay, by the time these contracts are ready to go or, ready, or, or up, uh, we should be kind of where we want to be, and that'll be like their last little uh, go at it, and then maybe we do the resign. So, I think that I don't want to question Greer just yet. We're gonna let him uh, kind of get through his first season first, and then we can uh, maybe pick it apart a little bit more. So, there you go. Got to keep the meme alive, Lundy says. <laughs> Lundy, as long as you're uh, visiting the chat here, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll have that. Uh, we'll keep that going. No, no worries, buddy. <laughs> Um, the Sharks Toronto game. Uh, and I think who was it back up here said they're called the Toronto make me laughs. Zach Croft with a beautiful <laughs> one there. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I just call them the maple laughs, but the make me laughs is totally great. I like that. Poor, one poor Zach. Zach lives in Toronto, so he gets nothing but maple leaf stuff just shoved down his throat every day. So he's very happy that the Sharks beat them. But one of the biggest Sharks fans you'll ever meet living in Toronto. It's uh, it's a shame, to be honest with you. But, uh, hey, that, that time he came out here, man, it was great having him out. There was a lot of media coverage on that one. So, uh, really cool whole thing. I don't know if you got to see that that whole story. I know you should find it online, I'm sure, somewhere. But uh, the game uh, on, on, what was it? Was it Thursday that they played? Thursday. Against Toronto? Mm-hmm. Regardless. Um, Couture comes out, scores two goals, uh, just some beautiful goals. And then it looks like he scores a third Hats are getting thrown on the ice and whatnot, and uh, everybody misses that. Actually, Timo Meyer gets his first of the season off of a tip, so he's off the Schneid. Um, <laughs> how do you do? They have a program where they say, "Look, if you throw your hat, come to section one sixteen. There's a table. 
and grab your hat back. No, it's done. Yeah. I mean, most of those hats get they get donated to yeah. uh, charity after the game. So I think what they normally do is they let the player who gets the hat trick go through and see if he wants to keep any, and then donates the rest of them to charity. Some some players like to keep some, some don't. So probably depends on how many hat tricks you score. If it's like your only hat trick in your career, most likely would be your only hat trick in your career. They would probably keep a hat or two, you know. The rest of them are like, these are gross. <laughs> these are sweaty hats. I don't want these. I mean, if it was a Fin Factor hat, I could see them wanting to keep it, you know. Would you throw your hat? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I'd then immediately it. regret it when they give the credit to uh, Timo Meyer. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> Get a little media coverage on the ice as they're uh, panning the camera around all the uh, the hats on the ice, though, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, I was going to pull a clip of Timo talking about his goal, but I like Timo. I'm not I'm not going to talk smack about him, but his interviews are just dreadful they're just so monotone and so awful they're like they asked him about the goal he's like oh yeah you know it's nice to get to get one it was it was then they asked like did you know right away he goes oh yeah i knew i, I tipped it i knew yeah. it was fine like, that was it like cool cool quote dude thanks what all right well from uh going to a little um <laughs> not smack talk smack talk what that what just was why don't we go into a little bit of praise uh eric carlson you've got a note here says he lost the stick but he made a, a a pretty smart play without it so go ahead walk us through it uh, he lost his stick, I think, closer to the blue line, and Mitch Marner was was closing in on him under the goal. And I think Marner knew that he didn't have a stick, so he tried to go around him. And instead of Carlson, I don't know, trying to push him or grab him even and taking a penalty, he he kind of does a Kyle McLaren and throws a hip check out and pushes him off balance and kind of throws him into the end board. So um, I just thought it was a, a very heads-up smart play by Carlson to not take a penalty and to break up the play. It was pretty cool. Plus, you know, Mitch Marner's tiny, so I'm sure he's easy to hip check if Carlson was able to hip check him. <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny because he, he doesn't get credit for being a physical defenseman, obviously, because he's not. But uh, in, in this case, again, um, using his body the right way, doesn't have a stick with him and, and makes a good play. So Eric Carlson right now, and we'll, we'll talk more about it in a bit, but he is he's just on a tear right now. He's He's playing the best he's played, I think, probably ever uh, to start a season. I mean, he's, he's really uh, taken off. I mean, the op- offensively he's leading the team and then defensively he's doing things like this. Um, yeah. I, I just, I understand the price tag on Eric Carlson is high and I understand the hate, but I am, I've, I've been on that train. I'm staying on that train and I'm just glad that this season so far um, he's kind of showing that, yes, I still have what it takes. I don't know if that has more to do with, him being like the man now because Burns isn't there anymore, but uh, whatever it is, it's working. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy that he's uh, playing as well as he is again, even if we're losing games, totally okay with that. I know where we are as a team, but again, if the, if the, if the goal is to be entertaining in those losses, he's certainly not disappointing in that regard. So there you go. Um, before we move on, because this is something I know you want to try to poke in my face um i want to remind everybody please um the 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 liking and the subscribing all that is great please though if you can get us out there share us retweet us take a second right now to get over to whatever social media platform you're on uh push us out there get some more folks in here we'd love to have a chat with the people that you like talking with and uh you know maybe after the show's over you guys 
be at the water cooler talking about this stuff too. So uh, get them in here. Uh, we'd love to have more comments and 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 chat with you folks. Uh, we've got some comments in here. Lenny says if Braun was on the Rangers still, I would get uh, to see him in November. Okay, not sure what that's about, but that'd be cool. Uh, Kellen Foster game. saying, "I'm sorry." That means he's going to the Ranger Philly game. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, McDavid has recently bought a storage unit for all his hat trick hats. <laughs> yeah, I could see that one. Uh, Scott with a uh, very insightful hello, hello, Scott. Thank you for your comment. Appreciate that. Uh, and then Noah Claxton, speaking of uh, Eric Carlson here, saying he's making a case for that contract to be tradable. Absolutely. And Aaron and I, we talked about this a little bit. And I think, Aaron, maybe we'll put that conversation off just a little bit because we're going to talk about him in the Tampa Bay game here as well. But um, before we get to that, we'll talk about the ads on the Leafs jerseys because that was the game, was the Toronto Maple Leafs game. So you've got that. As something that you want to talk about here. So, okay, talk to me. What, what about the ads on the Leaf jerseys? Um, well, I don't even know if you noticed. Did you notice that there was an ad on the jersey? I Here's the thing. I did not notice that there was an ad on the jersey, but I'm also not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan and don't look at that jersey, so it wouldn't stand out to me. If it was a Sharks jersey with something on it, no matter how small, I'm sure if it's I mean, on the front, I'd be like, Maple no, Leaf. there's something different. Maple Leafs jersey has always been very clean, just mm-hmm. the Maple Leaf, you know, logo in the middle. They barely have any piping or striping or anything. And I mean, look at the white one. The white one, it, I think it stands out more than the blue one. I don't know. Um, but it's not that noticeable. And yet it brings in so much more revenue for right. the team and the league. So I think it's a good thing. I mean, again, I come from being a soccer fan where the logo would be about as big as the Maple Leaf logo would be the sponsor logo. And then the little tiny thing in the corner would be the team logo. So it doesn't bother me one bit. Um, I think it's great for the league to get in some extra revenue. And again, I think we talked about this before too. The NBA had started a couple years ago and everyone threw a fit and now nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it brought in way more money for the NBA. Um, So I see nothing wrong with this. I think people just like to throw a stink about it. Try and get as much, I don't know, attention to it as possible, and then it blows over. We'll go to the Winchester and wait for this to blow over. So, I don't know exactly, because see, here's the thing. Again, if I was a Leafs fan, and I'm looking at that, I can understand how a Leafs fan would be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why is there milk on, on the jersey, right? As a Sharks fan, I would look at it and I don't notice it right away because that's not the jersey that I'm used to looking at, right? If I see, again, a Sharks jersey, I would look at it and go, wait a minute, why is that thing there, right? That's that's different. Um, I think the general consensus amongst fans is I don't want that jersey if you're going to sell it. If you're if it's on the rink and it's just a little thing, what? no big deal. But I think the general consensus for fans has been don't put that on the rack at the pro shop for me to purchase. Take the ad off and let me buy it. You're shaking your head. I disagree. I have no disagree. I'm, I mean, I, I can read some some responses to the to a tweet here if you'd like. I, I oh, I, I'm sure bit. you can find any response you want to any tweet yeah. or anything to back okay. up your thing. But yeah, I think the majority of people would say I want exactly what the team is wearing on the ice because I want I don't want a replica. I want the genuine jersey there's a difference there's every time they make a jersey or they sell jerseys they sell the genuine jersey that has the fight strap attached to it right Mm -hmm. and it's literally the same jersey that they wear on the ice 
And then they make the replica, which is more for fans. It's cheaper. It doesn't have as much. It's not as durable either. Like the, the material is yeah. a little bit lighter. It's just not as not as quality as you would uh, a real authentic NHL jersey. So when people want the authentic jerseys, there are many people out there who want exactly what the Sharks are wearing on the ice. Uh, they will buy these. And if they have an ad on it, they're going to want the one with the ad on it. See, and I'm I'm not. I, I, we didn't have a word for it. I called it jersey heads because they're sneaker heads. But like, I'm not I'm not one of those guys. Like, I have to collect all the jersey. Right? That's not me. But I can I can guarantee you if I mean, if, did you see the 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 Vancouver Canucks had the TD um, as a Meritrade or something like that? It's some green logo on their white and blue jerseys, and it just sticks out. And I mean, for me, I personally I wouldn't want to own that jersey. If it was a Sharks jersey that had like a McDonald's M on it, I'd be like, mm, no, I'm not going to buy that. I'll just continue with the jerseys that I have. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, some folks would be against it. Some folks would say, you know what? I just want whatever it is the team's wearing. I'll buy it. Right. So I think you, you'd have that split there. But I mean, you're absolutely right. It's going to bring in more revenue for the teams. Right. So they're going to make more money having these things on their jerseys. Then, OK, that's the route they're going to go. And if they're still if they're still selling some jerseys, um, and maybe down the road, they're just whatever. We're just selling all kinds of jerseys anyway because people are used to it now, right? Then, okay, um, I guess it works out on both ends. And actually, I, yeah, so <laughs> I can see you're doing this right now. We're going to make this the the roll call question. Um, do you like – see, this is a – I'm sorry. This is a stupid question. Do you like ads? Nobody likes the ads, okay? You're telling me that if they had the opportunity to have their jersey without that ad on it and they made the same revenue – that you right. would rather no 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 put McDonald's on my jersey. You would rather have that? No, come on. Nobody How about wants this? the ads. If if they start making ads on jerseys, Sharks pick up an ad and it's on their jersey and they only sell the jerseys with the ads, would you not buy the jersey? That's the question you want to ask. It's not do you like the ads? It's are you okay buying a jersey that has the ads, assuming that it's the same jersey that the the players are wearing on the ice? <laughs> Garf, that's no the question. Shark should have. Sorry, sorry, sir, James, if you have to type all that out. Garf Nielsen, Shark should have Chico's bail bonds ad on the jerseys. It's a winner. <laughs> 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 I don't know if, for those that don't really know what the heck that is about. Uh, I don't know if they're still there or not, but there was a bail bonds place that would have seats right behind the bench. And they would always have the people who were sitting there wear highlighter yellow or highlighter green. They, I think it would change um, t-shirts with the bail bonds ad on it. So basically, it was advertising. I thought that so was every time bad someone boys go to the game, bonds. was it? I think it was bad boys bail bonds. Yeah, it was. It was bad boys. Yeah. Um, I think it got to the point where the sharks asked them to not wear it anymore, and it became a thing, like almost I think lawyered up kind of thing. So I think they allowed them to do it. <laughs> Uh, LM approves of an E40 ad. I guess it would say. Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's go back a little bit. Lundy, another dollar ninety nine. Oh, yeah. Kraken. My cousins live in Seattle, so he's going to the Rangers Kraken game. I forgot because is Braun on the Kraken now? I do not follow Braun, unfortunately. <laughs> when, he, when he puts Teal back on, I'll follow him, buddy. <laughs> I look to Braun. Uh, I'm sorry. I look to, to Lundy for all of our Braun news. He's our resident uh, Braun specialist. Let's see. He is. Who is he on? Oh, he's on. He's on Philly again. Yeah. So he went Philly. He played one year at the Rangers and then he went back to Philly. So he was on the Rangers last year. Now he's on Philly. That makes sense. This all comments make sense now. 
right. Noah says only if the ad said tank for Bedard. <laughs> Uh, I think it was Nick. I had to change the word, but Nick HBK uh, gave me gave us the the hashtag um, tank hard for Bedard. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, I have to start using that now for all of our tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, it seems like a lot of people would say, you know what, it, it it'll still end up selling. So, I mean, I, I, okay. you're you're relying on some data from you know other sports and whatnot. So, I'm assuming <laughs> if it's worked there, it would work here too. I would just personally, I don't think I would buy it. Um, that's Marty. Me. I like this Marty McFly Law Victoria ads, please. That would be awesome. Yes. Some orange sauce logo on there. Uh, Scott K for for the Barracuda of old with the orange jerseys. <laughs> I follow UFC, and when I bought the official Venom gear, it came with crypto advertising on the shoulder. I don't mind because it legit fight night worn merch. So he doesn't care. Kellen, EPL jerseys sell worldwide with random sponsors that aren't global in presence. Sharks NHL jerseys with Bass Pro Shop in the corner of the chest are still going to sell in the Czech Republic. Absolutely. They're not going to sell in my house, I'll tell you that. But is what it is. Uh, thank you guys for your feedback. I appreciate that. And we will see. Um, it'd be very interesting to see how, uh, if, if they release any numbers on, on any of this stuff. You know, how many jerseys sold and that kind of stuff, you know. I really um, don't think it's going to hinder jersey sales. No, well, I mean, I'm just saying it'd be interesting to see if the fans like it or not. Because like, like you said, we can go on Twitter and find, you know, whatever answer we need to find, right? But... It, the proof's in the pudding, you know, are, are they selling? Yes or no. Right. So um, it would be interesting to see if we can get those metrics somehow uh, in a year or two or whatever it is when everybody's got it, you know, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, when Couture scores uh, in this game, when well, he scored twice, but um, he gets career goal number 300 crazy big milestone. Doesn't seem like that much, but honestly, yeah, 300 is a lot of goals. It's a ton of goals. Think so um, that's a 30 goal score for 10 years. That's a lot. That is a lot. And he was never really more than a 30 goal score. So he's been around a while. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Third player Thank in you. franchise history. Look at that. You can even get the video in there. Nice work. Jason. Well Super producer Jason. Thank you. Buddy. So yeah. Only Marlon Pavelski have more career sharks goals. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, honestly, like Cheat you? How many cheats you have? I guess he never got to three hundred. Yeah, cheat you didn't. He had a, a really nice breakout season, and beyond that, he didn't really. I think he went fifty, thirty, fifteen, or something like he just puttered out, but yeah. off a cliff. Still, yeah. he, he probably had over a hundred. That's pretty pretty good for NHL career. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, in this game, Carlson. With the OT winner on a breakaway, of, of all things, a breakaway for Eric Carlson, right? Um, filthy. This filthy. was, I mean, this was, uh, filthy is the correct word to use. The the move he put on, um, and I wish we had the clip of this, but um, he said that he had seen it previously, and he's like, oh, if I get a chance, I'll try that out. And here he is on a breakaway, and he's like, yeah, maybe now's the time. Um, just a beautiful little deke goes upstairs, and um, man, what a goal. What an absolute beauty of a goal. The guy's got speed. The guy's got hands. He can put the puck in the net still. Um, and, and, you know, going back to the the hip check on Marner, even without a stick, he's still making pretty smart defensive plays. Um, again, he's not perfect. Nobody is. Uh, and maybe he's not $11 million good uh, for, for everybody else's taste. But, I mean, I'm happy to have him on the team still. I think he's absolutely 
uh, putting it together this season so far. And Aaron and I have said a couple of times now, I put a poll up on Twitter. Um, I'm just hoping he gets past that 70 game mark. Um, I, I would love to see him get past that 70 game mark. I think, I think this is the year. I think he's going to be fully healthy. I don't know about a full 82 games, but I think he's over that 70 games. And uh, he's, man, I didn't realize that this was the hottest start of his career too. Like he's never, for how many good years he's had in Ottawa before he was in on the Sharks, he's never been this good so soon. So good things to come, hopefully. I mean, I'm again, I don't expect this to stay. Like he's he's leading the league for defensemen. But again, he's also played the most games because he's got 11 games under his belt now, um, more than the other guys. But we'll take it when we can take it. So good Good news coming out of a bad season is, is always welcomed here at the Fin Factor. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen with a couple of good comments here. He says it was no Bordalo pass, but Carlson is filthy. <laughs> yeah, the Bordalo passing. Um, if you haven't, again, haven't had a chance to go watch his Barracuda play, man, you are missing out. Give it a look. Uh, they are a lot of fun to watch. But uh, going back real quick, and we'll, we'll flip back again. Um, he had mentioned about the jerseys. He says, you don't need the jersey, Paul. You have the bending sticks. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> you are on point, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, I do have the bending sticks, and I'm more than happy with them. My kids are more than happy with those. So, um, Are again. your kids, kids going to use them when they get big enough? Bro, fans for life, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, you no, they'll probably end up using it. Are you going to use them? Uh, I can't. I'm done growing and I'm uh, much too short. So I, if I cut his stick, it'd be like about 110 flex at least. Um, so yeah, that's unfortunately not for me. So too bad. So sad. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, again, thank you, Kellen, for your, for your comment there. I do appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Carlson took those booze from the home opener personal. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. He, he probably was happy to play against Toronto where he's going to get a lot more national international recognition going even to canada so i know a lot like couture usually steps up his game against toronto and he got what two goals in this game Mm -hmm. so players kind of like you know they play montreal they play toronto they play those original six teams where they're going to get a little bit more press and stuff now that that's not that it's their incentive to do well but you just kind of get up for those games a little bit more than arizona coyotes at a five thousand seat stadium you know what i mean yeah but it, you get a little more juice in the legs um and going back to that breakaway goal just absolutely filthy i was watching it at home and had to be quiet because i was like yelling like holy cow that was quite the goal i didn't want to wake up my kids because they're all asleep but uh that was fun that was a fun game fun game to watch and fun that they won um and they almost lost it like they were playing the Toronto had a really good chance at the Sharks end and they were able to stop it. And Carlson broke away before anyone else could. And they were tired and they couldn't catch him. Like on the breakaway, you see him. He looks back behind him to see how much time and space he had. And he coasts at that, after that point because he realized yeah. how far ahead he was. So he had time to actually juke him out of his shorts, which he just absolutely did. It was fantastic. It may as well have been a shootout. He had that much time. He, like you said, he was coasting in. Kellen with another comment here says, how many points per game is he at? He's got 11 games played, six goals, five assists. So he is a point per game player. And Kellen says he has to leave a little early. He's got a great night or have a great night. Neighborhood uh, Hattie watch out. Neighborhood Hattie watch out. I don't know what that means, but have a great night, Kellen. <laughs> Thanks for popping in, buddy. Uh, okay. Let's see. Moving on from that. Um, you know, Carlson again, 
maybe taking those boos personally, but he certainly stepped his game up when he was playing against fellow countryman uh, Victor Hedman in the next game here, Sharks against Tampa Bay. Now, this one was a regulation 4-3 loss. So they didn't go to OT, didn't pick up a point. So we're kind of like, yeah. But um, again, this is one of those games where it, it's exactly what we're hoping for. It's entertaining to watch. They're competitive, but we're still in the hunt for uh, for Bedard. <laughs> so, um, they, and honestly, they took him to the brink. They took Tampa Bay all the way to the end of the game. There was, I think it was a, what, one minute left, the last minute or so. And, and that's when uh, Tampa Bay pulled ahead there. So uh, they were with them the whole way through. Um, the talent is there. The skill is there. They were probably motivated from two games prior when they got screamed at by Coach Quinn. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, again, I think they played really well in this game. Um, it, in some respects, obviously, it's a shame that they, they lost the game. But, um, I, you know, you start looking for just kind of little things uh, that are going the right way. And, you know, we had talked about in a previous show where, you know, you, you're expecting that, you know, these names on paper, oh, he's a veteran, he's been in the league for a while, he should be good. But then you have to take into account that it's a new coach, a new GM, new line mates, new system, new everything. It's going to take a while for them to kind of gel. And I feel like we're, we're now 11 games in, so the next game is going to be the 12th. I feel like you're starting to see them kind of – uh, fall into place with each other and and work off each other better. Guys like Cunning, guys like Sturm, who weren't even on the team previously, um, and again, a whole new coaching structure and everything, um, they are absolutely stepping up and playing extremely well. I mean, especially Sturm. Sturm's got, what, like five goals now? This is a guy that was playing fourth-line minutes in, in Colorado, I think, mm-hmm. um, before coming over here. And he certainly earned his ice time uh, with the Sharks. Again, you have to credit Greer. This is the type of player that he wanted. He wants a guy that's going to be one of those hard worker type guys, um, you know, puts a you know, blue collar, puts the hard hat on and goes out and bangs. And Sturm is getting rewarded by putting the puck in the net. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy with this game. I know it's a loss. And maybe, again, that's kind of what people are looking for. But the, the competitive nature uh, from the Sharks in this game, um, and especially coming out of uh, from, from Carlson, he picks up another two goals in this game alone. Um, it was funny because... Headman scored like right out the gate. And then just seconds later, it was like less than a minute later. Carlson's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he buries one. So he ends up with two on the night, but it was kind of a nice little duel uh, between him and fellow countryman, uh, Victor Headman. Headman gets into the box uh, and then Carlson scores. So it's kind of like, yeah, you can't stop me. <laughs> You're behind, <laughs> behind the gate, but um, so yeah, no, just another, another good game. Yeah, I don't think I got this clip, but in uh, the post-game interview, Carlson, they asked him about Hedman. He goes, yeah, it's his first shift. He scores a goal, and then I go on my first shift, and I score a goal. So they traded traded barbs on their first shift. It's kind of funny that that happens in a game. Two Swedes, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, we do have a clip from Carlson here talking about his hot start onto his season. So here's Carlson uh, talking about the hottest start ever in his career at age, what is he, 30 now? So... Here's, here's Carlson's own words on his own hot start. Eric, you got six goals in 11 games. That it's your best uh, start to a season to your career. Just any thoughts on that? No. It's all about how it ends. It's a long year. Uh, you know, I keep this pace. Uh, you know, I'll score 100, but that's not going to happen. We all know that. Uh, that's just the way it is. I think that, uh, like I said, uh, the whole team is, has made improvements. And, uh, you know, I think that our trajectory is, is going in the right direction i think that the guys are you know more willing to uh, to hold on to pucks and, and making the right place and and uh, you know that makes it easier for for everybody to play with you know myself included thanks guys. 
Total pro. <laughs> Total pro, man. I'm telling you, act like you've been there before. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Hey, any thoughts on that? No, it doesn't matter. What matters is how it ends. And I think we kind of, again, we kind of have an idea of how we think it's going to end anyway. But um, I mean, that's, that's the right attitude. That's, this is a guy who's, who was, you know, former captain, right? So um, he, he's got that mindset. He wants to win. He really does. And this may not be the team that he does it with. And that's fine. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of haters out there. It's just, I'm not one of them. I just, I'm just, I'm not one of them. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. You wanted to expand, but, uh, fire away. No, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Carlson fan. I think, um, a lot of people don't like him because of his salary and he's not leading the team in scoring. Well, now he is. So now those people are going to be upset. Um, a lot of people are upset because they, they blame him for Pavelski being gone too. And I don't believe that that was the whole reason why Pavelski left. So, um, just a lot of haters. I mean, going back to the trade, I think the trade itself, we talk about this all the time. The trade itself was fine. It was the kick-ins for him signing with the Sharks, which are now not even legal to do in the league that really hampered the Sharks because they, not that they thought that that was going to be an, a third overall pick going into that next season, but, um, they would have had that pick back and a couple other things, but, um, Josh Norris was a big piece that went over. Imagine, I was thinking about this the other day. Imagine the Sharks got Tavares, which means they wouldn't have gone after Carlson. They got in Tavares, and then um, would they be kind of in the same situation as Toronto and never winning in the first round ever? Would that would that make Sharks fans happy? Would they be pissed about it? Would the team be blown up over this? Would, you know, there's all kinds of what ifs that could, that could have happened, but... Mm-hmm. Had they gotten Tavares, they would have Josh Norris as probably their number one or number two center right now. Um, I don't think that number three overall pick would have been a number three. They would have had yeah. their first round pick, but it wouldn't have been a number three overall. So you can't really say that Stutzel would have been on the team. Or I don't know how you say his name. Stutzle. 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 I don't Stutzle. Know. Yeah, whatever. As, as damn, but it's definitely not going to work here. Day. So he wouldn't have been on the Sharks either way. So. I can't, I never like think of him that he should have been a shark because right. that just, it wouldn't have played out that way. Um, so anyway, uh, Lundy also says it's his fault that Braun is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I like Carlson. I think he still brings a lot to the team and makes the team better. Um, just watching him skate the puck out of every situation. It's really amazing how quickly the sharks can transition out of their zone instead of if they didn't have Carlson, let's say they didn't even have a puck moving defenseman, him and Burns weren't there. The defenseman would basically be chipping the puck out or bouncing it off the glass to get it out of the zone. It'd be very boring, very boring hockey and less playmaking coming out of the back. It'd be a very different team. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at a couple of comments here. Um, I screamed, Martin McFly, I screamed at the TV when EK scored. <laughs> <laughs> me too nice uh darkened donkey <laughs> says carlson's trade value going up okay that's something that we've uh we've kind of discussed a little bit um actually can we let's talk about that a little bit if we can is that okay yeah you want to go into yeah, the, the, so the I, I i know somebody else is asking about the whole like uh greer talking about trading everybody but hurdle and we will get to that uh we'll, we'll get to that in a minute here but before we do um what do you what do you think about Eric Carlson and a potential trade. Now he's got how many years, four or five, five years. I think it's five years left on his, on his contract. And of course it's 11 and a half million. 
He's got um, four more after the season, so five including the right. Season. So okay, he's in. He's in. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think that there is a team out there that wants Eric Carlson enough that they would trade for him with four years beyond this season at that dollar amount? Or, I mean, obviously there's retention that's possible there. So talk talk a little bit about that. Do you think that that is something that's even remotely possible? Yeah, I do. I mean, this guy can still play. He's currently leading the league in scoring for defensemen. So, yes, obviously he's going to have some value. Now, 11.5 millions is going to be a hard pill to swallow, but let's say that certain cap is going up by $4 million next year if the players pay off their uh, escrow account. So that won't be such a big hit anymore. And if you can get a little kickback to the Sharks for holding on to some salary, now we're talking uh, $8, 9000000 million for an Eric Carlson. I think uh, there are going to be a lot of teams that will be going after that. I mean, that would only be adding, let's say you get him for $8 million, you get the Sharks to hold $3.5 million, similar to what they did for Burns. Um, that, and then the cap goes up by $4 million. That hit isn't going to be such a hit anymore to your team's cap so um yes i think everybody is tradable i think we're going to see more moves now that if assuming the cap goes up by four million we're going to see a lot more movement of teams making trades and doing some other stuff so i think the sharks are um probably wise to try and get some movement now versus like next year when teams are probably going to be filling up that four million cap with more players and more movement um probably in a good position for the sharks to utilize their hopefully make some cap space and, and utilize that as an asset for themselves. Um, again, like how much would, how much would three and a half million dollars, like what kind of draft pick would be three and a half million dollars for a team to swallow for four more years, right? Mm-hmm. At least a first round pick first and maybe a second round for the next year after that, who knows? So there is value to that and teams will, desperately do something especially if they have one puck moving defenseman who happens to go down with an injury and they are a cup contender this year let's check out this uh tweet of the week here because it is related um i don't know if uh, super producer jason's got this one he's gonna put it up but i'll just start reading it it's actually from uh jerry rice and beans um it was a reply to ours and unfortunately it's a it's a little small so let me blow this thing up so i can see it uh eric carlson this is me saying this eric carlson hate all you want uh that was gorgeous referring to the goal your sarcastic replies bounce off me and stick to you uh very mature of me uh don't care what you say jerry rice and beans awesome name i mean yeah he's even picking up burns slack i hope his play keeps up uh yes there are defensive issues but you win games by scoring more goals than the other team if our team offense improves could get real exciting I do not disagree. And that's, again, for me, the whole point. Let's keep it exciting. Let's keep it entertaining. Um, So, uh, again, Jerry Rice and Beans, uh, again, (laughs) awesome name. Thank you so much for your tweet. You are the tweet of the week. Congratulations. Uh, I think you you win uh, me clapping for you. (laughs) Well done. Um, Aaron, anything you want to say about this tweet here? Yeah, well, Matt Lowe here just said, let EK65 dictate the move. If he wants to stay, he stays. I agree because he signed that contract with a regime that is no longer with the Sharks. So he is now, you know, wouldn't have to honor that contract as much. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't have to stay as loyal to the Sharks as if he had signed with Greer for that amount of money in that term. So um, not to say his loyalty is gone, but maybe he would be open to moving somewhere. Who knows? 
um, or moving to a contender even really, because the Sharks are not really looking to be one right. for at least another year or two. Um, and he's going to want to get a cup. So he doesn't, he, he probably will not want to wait until he's 38 years old, like Brent Burns and getting traded to a cup contender after wasting six years of his career. So who knows? Um, I wouldn't, I, and let's just get into this. Uh, so Pierre Lebrun went on to TSN and he talked about, um, the sharks apparently are listening to any and all offers for anyone. And then he said that the only person that really is off the table is Tomas hurdle because he just signed an 8 million or a, a eight year deal with the sharks. So pretty much everyone is tradable minus hurdle is what he's saying. Now, a lot of people were kind of like, I, I saw some people that were upset about this and I didn't understand why, because it's not, it's not Mike Greer coming out and announcing it. He's not like saying, Hey, everyone's for sale. Like to me, like the big difference between this and let's say it not being public, whatever is the fact that it went public, that it, it's kind of on paper in a way. It's not, um, it's not everyone just speculating the sharks are garbage and, and they're going to trade everyone. And there's gonna be a fire sale. It's more of uh, Doug Wilson was so private and kept leaks to a minimum that we're not used to seeing this kind of out in the public. Now I'm not mm-hmm. saying Greer leaked it or there are leaks. Maybe he just is not as private or doesn't care as much. Um, and it's also kind of a duh moment, right? <laughs> Sharks are at the bottom of the league, of course. And so now the media is going to the players and the players like, yeah, let's get the reactions of the players. And I didn't get a quote of this, but I think it was Couture who basically was like, well, yeah, we kind of dictate this ourselves. It is a business. If we play great, we're going to be buyers. They're going to force the GM's hand to bring in more players. If we're playing terrible and we're losing, of course people are going to go and they're going to get traded away. That's just part of the business. So it's not like there's harsh feelings and the locker room is upset and they're not going to be playing. Now they're going to be, they're basically playing for their next contract, their next career, or trying to get onto a team that's going to be a contender because they're going to want a cup, win a cup. Um, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's kind of getting blown out of proportion a little bit, but that, that's my thoughts. What do you think, Paul? Well, I mean, that's an interesting take. Before I say anything else about it, I do want uh, the folks in the chat to let us know um, kind of how you guys feel about this. Um, it, again, it, Aaron, your, your take is very interesting where it's, you know, people getting upset about it. But, you know, maybe it's just in the way that we, we've been so used to Doug Wilson keeping everything so close uh, to the chest. And he's always said, you know, every conversation I have with the players stays between me and the players. And everyone's respected that. And not that not that Mike Greer is going to be any different when it comes to his discussions with players. He doesn't owe that information to anybody. But we never really got this type of information um, before. It was, it's always been like held so close. And for Greer to basically kind of come out and say, yeah, I'm, you know, again, in your your words, duh, right? I mean, it, this is this is how it is. This is the business of it. This is how it's going to be. Um, a- anybody's basically up for sale. Now, some folks the thing that they didn't care for was that it was just hurdle. I think a lot of folks have certain players that they, they think should not be uh, tradable. And and one of those guys for at least somebody in the chat here was uh, Mario Ferraro. And to some extent, I agree. I love Mario Ferraro. I love the way he plays. Um, but he, is he one of those cornerstone type players that you build all the way around? I don't know that the answer to that question is yes, but he's absolutely like my my favorite hard worker on the team. Although I will say 100%, uh, Nico Sturm is slowly creeping 
into that category. That that dude is a monster. But regardless, um, I, I think there are certain guys on the team that fans would look at and say, you know what, this guy really should be excluded along with Hurdle. Um, in in so much that he's young, right? I'm, I'm still talking about Ferraro. And so that that he's young. He's already really solid. He's going to grow and be better. Why would you want to move that guy? And the answer, unfortunately, is, again, it's a business. Think of the return you can get for a guy who is young, solid, has NHL experience, is only going to get better, right? So if your whole plan is to rebuild, you have to give up the things that people want. And if Ferraro was one of those guys, then, yeah, absolutely, based on the return yeah he's one of those guys that may have to end up going now of course we'd be more than happy to unload a guy like cunning cunning just showed up on the team he's amazing i love his work ethic but he's also not kind of like near and dear to anybody's hearts just yet so it's easier to let him go i think fans have a hard time obviously letting players go that they've kind of grown to like and they've seen them on the team you know i'm geez having Marlo coming back year after year, having Thornton be here year after year, right? Nobody wanted to let them go. Everybody still hates that Pavelski's gone, right? Um, so I think there's there's that that level of um, that connectivity between fan and, and player. But at the end of the day, we do have to remember that it is a business. Um, so I could understand why some of those guys uh, would not be excluded like Hurdle was. Um However, you had said earlier that, you know, Carlson doesn't necessarily need to stick to this regime because he has signed a contract with the old regime. Um, Hurdle's kind of still in that bucket. Now, Doug Wilson was um, on his way uh, out, I guess, at that time. He was still uh, at the helm, but he was just before he kind of took his leave and they signed that contract with Hurdle. So, does Hurdle really have anything to prove to anybody in with like Mike Greer? Is there a reason why they wanted a Hurdle beyond how he just signed the contract for eight years and obviously he's very good, right? Uh, is there anything more to that that maybe people um, should be looking into? Uh, you know what I mean? Do, do you want to speak on that just a bit? Right. I don't even know if Greer is the one that said that Hurdle's not un or is untouchable. I think it was more of Pierre LeBron just saying most likely Hurdle won't be in that list because he just signed his contract maybe he wasn't even thinking that it wasn't even Greer that signed that contract that it was it was actually Joe Will who was acting on behalf of Doug Wilson as an interim GM right so um I don't even I, I don't even want to say that hurdle is untouchable because I think that everybody on this roster is tu- is tradable I I think uh they were just saying that because of the contract that's it oh so you, you think that wasn't actually coming from Greer you think it's just LeBron speculating then that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I mean, not that he was, I don't like to me, I don't think that Greer is the one that like called Pierre Lebrun and told him this to tell the right. media, you know, like I think it's just Pierre connecting the dots. He probably has some inside information with some people that are close. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's like Doug Wade or someone that's in there in the, in the front office that talks with Pierre, probably texts with him um, and probably asked, you know, maybe, you know, who's untouchable, anybody. And he's like, Nope. And so then he's like, Oh, there's a whole story right there and this is creating this whole thing. But um, going back to Cunning, I think there are some people who do like Cunning. I think we are one of them. Are we not? We absolutely are. And to think otherwise would be total garbage. Nope. It didn't work. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> setting them up for you. Super producer, Jason. Yeah. There it is.
is. There it is. Uh, better late than never. Yeah. Okay, good. So <laughs> anyway, uh, going back to what you said about Nico Sturm and Mario. To me, Mario's a good player, but I don't see him as untradeable. Yeah, he's a good locker room presence. He's a great player. I don't think he's he's not like an Eric Carlson that's a generational player at that position. He's a top four defenseman in my mind. And I hate saying that because I love him. Um, I wouldn't want him to get traded. But if the return was good, I would be like, okay, I can see that. And I'd be happy for him to continue his career in the NHL. Um, and Nico Sturm, I think it's funny is he has five goals and no assists. He only scores goals, <laughs> but he's a guy that is exactly like, um, like Mario who works hard and mm-hmm. you're seeing more of a return because he's scoring goals versus being a defenseman who doesn't get that many goals. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I think we need to, to do a little splash screen for, for Nico Sturm. Yeah. To well, be honest with you, that not. guy, Nico scoring like Marco. <laughs> nice. Um, Barracuda, buddy. Barracuda. I got a lot of people here keep saying the like, Zinxie. I see Zinxie saying Eklund. I see Scott K saying blow up the team completely, replace the current roster with the Barracuda. Um, I, 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 I disagree on that one. Actually, I like that they're in the AHL. I like that they're getting loads and loads of minutes. In fact, Aaron, why don't we just talk about that? Um, I mean, these guys, unfortunately the AHL doesn't track time on ice. Uh, we just found out which sucks, but, um, you know, Bordalo, Eklund, Merkley, they're getting a lot of ice time, uh, with the Barracuda. They're, they're winning games, um, and they're playing meaningful minutes, as offensive talents, not as grinders on a fourth line where they don't even belong. Right. So I think this is the right move. This is, you know, going back to Eklund and him going to, Oh God, what's it called? Your garden. Um, I didn't want him to go there. You didn't care. I was, I was more a proponent of him playing in the AHL at the time. Um, Obviously, this season, you know, he's thriving and that's great. Maybe that has something to do with him going to your garden first. I don't know. But I'm more than happy to have him kind of, you know, bake in the AHL. Um, I, honestly, between the two of them, and I, we talked about this last show, the, the meme that I made, I, I still, I think Bordelow is more NHL ready than Eklund is. Um, that's just me. But um, it's so much fun watching these guys, the talent levels off the charts, and um, for them to kind of showcase it against other players that are kind of more in their realm right now, um, I think is the right move. I, I, I don't think that you want to bring them up to the, the NHL and, uh, and give them minutes that are not meaningful minutes and not in the role that they're supposed to be playing in any way. Um, I think it's good to have them in the AHL dominate, win some games, be the man down there and then uh, build that confidence and bring it into the Sharks locker room next season and the season after. Absolutely. You're building chemistry with them right now with each other. So build the chemistry down there, give them more minutes. So they're going to get top line for everything. These guys are not guys that should be third or fourth line guys. They need to be in the top six. And when you don't really have room in the top six, or they're not ready for top six in the NHL, it's better for them to bake at the AHL level and get their confidence up, get their game going and not just their offense, but the whole 200 foot game. And that's what a lot of NHL coaches look for, especially in rookies, what they do off the puck. When they're not doing it, if they're not playing defense off the puck, if they're not in right position, they're not doing all the little things, they're not going to get minutes. They're going to get demoted. They're going to go to the third, fourth line. And then everyone's going to say the coach just hates young guys. Well, mm-hmm. kind of. That's not really 
they don't hate him because he's young. They hate him because he's not doing the things that he needs to do. So this is a chance for them to work on that in a little bit less pressure of an environment, be the guys, be the men, be down there, get those minutes and get that experience under your belt and show the team that you're ready so that when they come to camp next summer, they're going to be playing out and beating out those guys for the top or not the top line, but you know, the being in the top six. Um, so that's, that's the whole, that's what a lot of NHL teams, I don't want to say every team does this, but a lot of NHL teams do this. Um, Detroit's probably one of the better examples where they really keep their prospects lower in the AHL to kind of really let them bake before they bring them on. And then by the time they bring them on, they're exploding on the scene. Um, I think that's the right way to do it, especially when the sharks are not going to be competitive, um, blowing up the team completely and replace the roster. Scott K just said that. Um, no, like it, there's no point. It, they won't be better than what the sharks are right now. That there's, there's zero point in doing that. You're going to get a top five pick this draft, this upcoming very deep draft. And all top of those, those top five guys are most likely going to be NHL ready next season, starting next season. So now you're going to throw in that very high skilled forward with Bordalo and Eklund, probably as your second line, maybe third line. Then you got Couture, Hurdle, Meyer, and maybe uh, Barabanov and a couple other guys. And now you got some more competition for people to really fight for those positions for those top six. Um, it's it's breeding in an, a competitive environment, and there's no reason for them to blow up the team. In fact, blowing up the team, is that not what Pierre Lebrun just basically announced that the Sharks are blowing up the team? They're listening to all offers. Yeah. It's happening. It is happening right now. Which is interesting because again, we've never we've never seen a full blown rebuild, right? We've never right. seen that with the Sharks, a full blown rebuild. It's always been a retooling or whatever other a re some re something, but it's never been a rebuild. So right. uh, Mike Greer taking uh, taking steps yeah. that we haven't seen before. So it'll be interesting you, you see, to see how this goes. You see fans get upset. They're like, "Why don't you just blow up the team and start trading everyone?" But when you start forcing trades and start doing them so quickly, you're not going to get a return. Look at Brent Burns' return. Yeah. Not great, right? right? You can't do that for an entire team, then it's not going to help you. There's no point. Plus, the Sharks need to have a competitive team that is entertaining on the ice because they it is the entertainment business. They are not just right. here to win a Stanley Cup. They're here to be entertaining and to sell tickets. That's That's the business side. You have to do it. You can't just get you can't be the Oakland A's and get rid of everybody and have no names and expect to sell tickets. Nobody's going to want to come to those games. Right. So you can't do that. You can't just blow up a team like that. It's not how it works in hockey. Scott's saying, I agree. My comment was extreme. I don't know, Scott, if you've seen the air in your ways or if you're backpedaling right now, buddy, but own it. Okay, own it. That was your comment. Uh, I'm just messing with you, buddy. Thank you for your comment. I do appreciate that. Patrick Cabral having a laugh down there. I'm not going to highlight the other comment there that he's laughing about, but we'll pretend that he was laughing at the, uh, that was my comment was extreme uh, comment there. So there you go. Um, Aaron, again, back to the Barracuda real quick. Uh, some really interesting stuff happened <laughs> and it didn't have anything to do with Eklund, Bortolo or Merkley. Why don't you go ahead since you were at the game. Sure. Uh, I didn't get to go to this one. What did you see? All right, so I'll set this up a little bit. I was going with the whole family, so I brought all three of my kids and my wife, and even my sister and her whole family came, So I think she got another three kids. So, of course, getting six kids into a game is never easy. So we actually just missed what just happened. 
So we get there and we're walking in. They're playing the national anthem. You can hear it from outside as we're walking to the arena. And then we want to get some food. So we go and get some food. Then we get to our seats. And as we get to our seats, I see, was it Weatherby was fighting, um, was fighting with someone. And I was like, oh, man, I look at the clock. I'm like, the game hasn't even started. These guys are going to get booted. So they get booted. Anyway, later on, I find out there is an entire line brawl before the game started, before the puck was dropped. So four guys on both sides, both teams, so eight guys total, got booted before the game even started. So they each had one defenseman and three forwards because both teams started their fourth line. So they had no fourth line for the entire game for either team, and they were down a defenseman the whole time. So um, there was a lot of minutes to go around. So Bortolo, Eklund, Merkley, they got a lot of minutes in that game. And again, I couldn't look it up because they don't keep track. But um, it was a very interesting game, and the benches were very light for the game. Uh, especially when they started taking actual penalties later in the game uh, and the bench is even getting shorter and shorter, or I guess bigger and bigger. The bench is getting bigger because there's more space. More spacious. Um, yeah. Yeah, spacious. So uh, the Barracuda lost this game in a uh, shootout, went all the way to the shootout. Um, but what I liked is they're playing the Roadrunners, and I think it's Arizona's Arizona's AHL team. Yeah. Um, they they don't have that many skilled guys down there. The two goals that they got, they scored two kind of quick in the first period. They were very ugly, scrummy kind of goals. They weren't like fun. They were just boring, right? Then the Barracuda came back and I think they tied it. And then they took the lead briefly for like 15 seconds. And then the Roadrunners tied it up right away. <laughs> so then it was 3-3, I think going into the third period. And nothing happened in the third period. Then it went to overtime, a lot of exciting, you know, plays, but no goals. And then they went to the shootout. Um, and Bortolo, actually, it was it was Eklund, Bortolo, and I want to say it was Gushin was the other shooter. Um, uh, Bortolo was the last shot, and he needed to score in order to keep it going, and he hit the crossbar. I mean, he sniped it. But he hit the hit the crossbar and it bounced out. Like it was a it, it was a for sure goal. Just yeah. completely beat the goalie. But anyway, it was fun. It was a fun game, entertaining, couple fights, big hits. It's very different than NHL hockey. Uh, a lot of these guys are trying to make a name for themselves. So you see more big hits and more fights and just also they play like baseball where they play a lot of back to backs. So they yeah. they had just played them the night before. So they really hate each other. Stuff carries over to the game. So you see more. It's almost like, I'm going to say almost like playoff hockey. Not quite. But, you know, just you could feel the anger on both sides that they just are frustrated and hate each other. It's great. And I wish they would bring that to the NHL. I know they did that during the whole COVID season uh, briefly there, right? Because it was easier to have teams play in groups. I wish they would do that more. I like that. Um, There was, again, like you said, that kind of playoff atmosphere that feeling that the teams kind of really do hate each other right because they've been they've been seeing each other like so often uh in a short period of time they're just kind of sick of each other uh kind of like siblings anyway um i'm looking at the stats for that game and it is absolutely hilarious if you get the opportunity guys uh to go check out uh the ahl.com and check out their stats page it is like <laughs> for penalties first period zero zero colon zero zero fighting five minutes game misconduct Fighting other than during periods of game, 10 minutes. And it's like that just on repeat. Like somebody just hit copy paste and change the names for like eight players. Because as Aaron said, four players on each team 
uh got the same penalty but it's just like it's a like a laundry list of like zero zero fighting and the game is conduct for fighting other than during periods of game how specific by the way that's i think that's really cute that they very specific other than during periods of game um yeah this was uh this was a rough one buddy um apart from the brawl that happened prior to the game's uh start there's also one two three four five six seven penalties uh at the 20 minute mark so as the horn goes there was yeah. an unsportsmanlike some roughings misconducts i mean again fellas if you're not watching barracuda <laughs> hockey you're missing out i'm telling you the, this the is, referees, I, mean, I, I would have loved to go to this game I'm, the referees I'm, did not have control of this game whatsoever <laughs> that you could just there was a bunch of a bunch of infractions that should have been called and even both players like the guy who does it looks back at the ref like eh. And then the other one, everyone's just going, are you kidding me? Like, you didn't call that? And there was just a lot of that happening. So then that an already chippy game just makes it even worse because you feel like the ref is just doesn't care, kind of. So then you just take more liberties when you can. So it just got dirty and dirty and dirtier. It's Very fun, though. Interesting. It's fun. It, interesting that they started, both of them started the fourth line. Do you remember that? Uh, it was John oh. Tortorella with the Flames, I think, uh, yeah. when they had that big brawl because they both put their fourth lines on. Um and there was like in the locker room, they were like fighting in the hallway. It was crazy. Uh, anyway, um, really cool stuff. Again, check out the Barracuda. Really awesome stuff. Aaron, let's check out the week ahead for the San Jose Sharks. We've got three games this week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Interestingly, we play uh, the same team twice and it's not back to back. I know. I had to look this up. I was like, is this, did I write this down correctly? Like <laughs> this is weird in the schedule because usually you'd see when you play a back to back or not even back to back, but you play the same team twice in a week. It's a home and away kind of, and it's Anaheim. They're close, but no, there's two home games. So speaking of the schedule and they're playing each other quite recently, I, I bet that Saturday game against Anaheim is going to be a little chippy because right now they're both fighting for better Bedard, better tank hard for Bedard. Tank hard for Bedard. They're both going for Bedard. Uh, right now in the standings, the let's see, based on win percentage, the Sharks are winning the Bedard sweepstakes because they played more games and they have more losses. Uh, but points wise, Anaheim's at five points. The Sharks are in six points. The Sharks are actually ahead of them in the standings right now. No. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting couple games here. I bet there's going to be some fisticuffs going on. Um, and then Thursday against Florida. I wonder if Joe Thornton will be in the house for that game because he is local in, in San Jose area. I bet he'll be at the game, and I bet he gets highlighted in it. That's that's my – Saw him yes. today, actually. You saw him today? Saw him today. He was at the Barracuda game, apparently, because I saw a guy next to us showing a picture. He was in the elevator – and Joe Thornton was in the elevator with him. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, can I get a selfie? And he got a selfie with him. Nice. And That's again, awesome. there was like, I don't know, a couple hundred fans at this at the Barracuda game. It was very low attendance. Nice. Yeah, no, he his because uh, all the kids, they they play in, in tenure now. Uh, they, his, his kid, Hannon's kid, um, mine, um, they all play on different teams, but they all play at that level. So um, when they play each other, we kind of start seeing each other and, and whatnot. So. Um, just kind of cool. Again, it's, it's tough because, you know, you want to give him his space cause it's jumbo and he's probably doesn't want people coming up to him all the time, but it's like, bro, elephant in the room, you know, everyone here wants to say hi to you. Come on. 
the and even like some man. of the parents that are on uh that have the, the the kids on the same team some of the parents like i can't help but fanboy over him dude <laughs> it's so funny man it really is the beard man he needs to shave that beard it's so gross no. No, it stands it. out too it's like oh that's jumbo like duh keep it until you go bald and then pull it up to the top so that you don't have to go with the toupee route that's my advice to him Okay, so that's uh, we, we talked about Thursday here against Florida and then Saturday again against Anaheim. Now, you said the first one's going to be chippy. Do you think it's going to be even worse on Saturday then? I think so. I think the Saturday game is going to be the one to be at. It'll be a Saturday night game. It'll be well attended. Uh, the Sharks and the Ducks are going to be really sick of each other at that point already. So, yes, I think that will be a good one. All right. Very good. Um, anything else? Was there anything in the uh, the comments that you wanted to, to, to pull out? And Sure. Patrick, Jason already answered it, but Patrick asked oh. if there's any updates on the Studio 2 completion. And Jason answered saying uh, it will be announced soon. He's been delayed with some things in that room, but we will be in studio hopefully in the coming week. We've got some concept art. Uh, Super Producer Jason's doing some 3D modeling type stuff. And uh, we talked about our backgrounds, maybe emulating a little bit of what that might look like. A but, little preview. Um, the texture behind us is a little preview of what's to come. That, that is correct. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get uh, we get that sooner than later. And uh, Super Producer Jason, I'm more than happy to come and help uh, set things up. So let me know. But- Yeah, man, if I got to dump that desk, dude, I'll do it. I don't care. I'll get Luke Cunning out there to help us out. Garbage man. There you we'll, go. Uh, we'll celebrate with some pie. Some pie? Yeah. Yeah, no, people people know. People remember. Oh, okay. I know. They remember. Yeah. Uh, if you if you don't remember, uh, Aaron is owed a pie in the face for insisting that Noah Gregor is going to score 10 goals uh, in a season, and he did last not. Last year. It was last year. Yeah, last year, last year, last year, yeah. Um. So there you go. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Thank you, Super Producer Jason. <laughs> they don't even make pies, though. Uh, anyway, um, okay, I think that that does it, right? I mean, there's nothing else you want to bring, nothing else you want to post or post. Wow, do you want to uh, plug anything, I guess? Uh, look out for something coming in the coming weeks. We're going to be doing a live show remotely, possibly. Mm-hmm. We're still working on the details, so no promises, but that'll be in... I think in two weeks, roughly two weeks time frame. Sounds good. Okay. Well, again, if you are, oh, I could have been censored. There you go. Um, <laughs> if you are not subscribed, please go ahead and do that. Hit that notification bell so that you know when uh, we do that thing that Aaron is referring to or just any of these lives. And we love having you guys in here and um, having all the fun comments and whatnot. Again, more than anything else, I'd appreciate you guys hitting us with a share um a retweet a whatever get us out there um have some of your friends and family get into these things too chat with us it's a lot more fun we got a lot of people talking we've had a pretty good showing tonight of people having their comments in there so uh it's been fun picking those ones out and having little bits of conversation around that and then of course when we post a question to you and you guys kind of give us answers what you guys think so it's good to hear from you guys as well so uh i think that's gonna do it and we do appreciate you oh uh if you want to support the show by the way again super chat's always there you can use venmo as well at the fin factor you can also go to the that's where we have our support the show link you can pick up hats shirts uh hoodies fanny packs 
mugs, water jug thing. I always screw that up. What is, water bottles? Thank you. Jeez, I can't know. I don't know why. Oh, that white thing Aaron's holding. There you go. Why uh, so is that so difficult? Up. You got stickers, understand. and you can put stickers on your water bottle. See, I said it right that time. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, you could do that if you'd like to get something back for supporting the show. So thank you so much again, Lundy. Thank you for for chipping in today. We appreciate you, buddy. And we'll talk more about Braun as soon as he gets on the Sharks. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week. Next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.